So this is the pediatric NCLEX review. We'll start with some general terms and concepts and then go on to metabolic and endocrine. So some general terms. Failure to thrive is when normal growth develops into growth failure when the child crosses a greater than 2% on the standard growth chart. So failure to thrive is differentiated into organic and non-organic. Organic failure to thrive is related to a medical condition, inadequate intake, inadequate absorption, increased metabolism, and decreased utilization. This is usually a genetic in cause. Um, Non-organic causes for failure to thrive are environmental. So think low intake, poor family dynamics, may want to get social services involved. Management for failure to thrive is the reversal of the primary cause. Add calories through diet and supplementation and multidisciplinary care. Nursing care specific to failure to thrive focuses on accurate height, weight, and length measurements, as well as head circumference. You're going to observe and document feedings and child-parent interactions. So, food and age. Solid food should begin around four to five months um, in age for the infants. And the answer that NCLEX likes for when you start feeding solid foods is going to be rice cereal. Stages and play. So around two years old, you'll see parallel play, which is side by side, but not together with other child, children. Around four years, you'll see associative play, where they start to engage with other people. Erickson's stages of development are as follows. From zero to 12 months, there will be trust versus mistrust. One to three years is autonomy versus shame. This is where the child learns self-control. The preschool age, three to six years, will see initiative versus guilt. At this point, they evaluate their own behavior and they become fearful of strangers. The school age is six to 12, and this is industry versus inferiority. This is where self-confidence is acquired and a failure in this uh, developmental stage leads to self-doubt and insecurity. Adolescence, which is 12 to 20 years, see identity versus role diffusion. Positive outcomes of this are a coherent sense of self and plans for future work and education. Negative outcomes of the adolescent identity versus role confusion is an inability to develop personal and vocational identity. NCLEX also wants you to know Piaget's stages of development. So two to six years are the pre-operational, in which, in this time, they begin to use symbols but can't really reason logically. Seven to 12 years, which is your school age group uh, for Ericsson, is called concrete operational for Piaget. At this point, um, they begin to take the perspective of others, they have reversible thinking and inductive logic. And greater than 12 years is a formal operational stage. The developmental milestones in the pediatric population, around two to three months, the infant will lose the dull eye reflex. So as you turn the head, the eyes should not stay fixed, but they will begin to track an object. At four months, the child will begin drooling. At six to eight months, the child will respond to their own name. At nine to 10 months, the child will take deliberate steps when standing. 
and around 11 months they should be able to use their hands to pick up food, um, take bites of cereal, and also at this point you want to be starting to be very aware of um, obstructive objects in the airway. Okay, so we'll go over Erickson's because those seem to pop up a lot. So 0 to 12 months is trust versus mistrust. 1 to 3 years is autonomy versus shame. 3 years to 6 years, or the preschool group, is initiative versus guilt. 6 to 12 years, which is your school-aged child, will see industry versus inferiority. 12 to 20 years is the adolescent group, and that's identity versus role diffusion. Okay, so we'll move on to metabolic and endocrine. So some normals um, for this are the normal temperature range is 36.4 to 37 or 97.5 to 98.6. Greater than 100.4 is termed febrile. Never, never, never will you give aspirin to a febrile infant due to the risk of Reyes syndrome. The choice for febrile patients is ibuprofen. Considering the febrile patient, you want to be aware of fluid balance because they change from newborn infant to adolescent. So 75% of the total body weight of the newborn is water. The infant is 65% total body weight in water, and the child slash adolescent is about 50% total body weight in water. So dehydration. Mild dehydration is a weight loss of about 3 to 5%. Pulse, respiratory, and blood pressure are still normal. Moderate is a loss of 6 to 9% with a slight increase in pulse and respiratory rate, and the blood pressure will be normal to orthostatic depending. Um, and severe dehydration is a weight loss of greater than 10%. You will see a very increased pulse rate. You will see tachypnic breathing and orthostatic blood pressure or shock. So hypotonic dehydration is when electrolyte loss exceeds water loss. You must assess urine output before giving potassium. Still in the metabolic, diabetes mellitus. So the diabetic patient may present with polyuria, polydipsy, polyphagia, hyperglycemia, and enuresis in the school-aged child, as well as failure to thrive. So enuresis in the school-aged child, remember they must they should be potty trained by the age of five. And the school age group is six to 12 years old. For the child planning exercise and dietary intake, they need to plan to eat 10 to 15 grams of carbs for every 30 to 45 minutes of planned activity. They need to check insulin before exercising and plan exercise for an hour after eating. They should not exercise if their blood glucose level is less than 100. So with the diabetic patient, a hemoglobin A1C of less than 7% is good, um, 
illness, infection, and stress also increase the need for insulin. So when a patient is below 70 milligrams per deciliter, they are termed hypoglycemic. Rapid releasing glucose followed by complex carbohydrate and protein is recommended. So give them a fruit juice and then milk and some bread with some peanut butter. For the unconscious child, glucose paste on the gums and then retest blood glucose after 15 minutes. Glucagon may be necessary and that'll be an IM injection. So rounding out the metabolic, the last thing that the NCLEX books kind of want to make sure you know is phenylketonuria. So this is a genetic disorder that leads to CNS damage from elevated phenylalanine. So on assessment, you'll see digestive problems, seizures, and maybe a musty odor to the urine. Infants should be screened within the first 48 hours and the nursing interventions will be a rescreen for those babies at 14 days.